We, we talked about that. We talked. You also talked about the recidivism program, right? The ex offenders. You've seen many men. You've seen it before in your community. Many. We got brothers who've been in prison for 20, 30 years. Absolutely. Come in. Come out of prison. They they thrive better than men in the community. That's been yeah. here twenty years. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> what did you see that sparked your that sparked your vision in saying? We need to create a path in our community for men who are coming out of the prison system. Because, because you talked about it in the first one. We, right. have, we have men, you have programs inside the jail. Right. But that, that last step, I think it's called motivation for change. Right. Go ahead. What's important with respect to that, that's, that all started at my core. And I, and I thank God for my upbringing. Very challenging. But I saw on the west side of Atlanta, Bankhead, Bowen Homes, Perry Homes, very challenging areas where folk would go to prison and come back even more broken because they came back to a community that could not support them in any kind of way. And so their mindset was to survive, not only to survive, but to survive by any means necessary. And any means necessary means to go back to those things that you are coming, that is commonplace or that you're accustomed to. That's dangerous. That's extremely dangerous. And without someone giving an opportunity, um, then those things are destined to repeat themselves. So it's important for me by going through those type of things and seeing those type of things at my core that I've had an opportunity to progressively go up to different levels and now been in a position of influence, I dare myself not do the right thing with trying to create an opportunity to say, you just need someone to hear you. You just need someone to give you an opportunity. You just need someone to give you direction. And those things are important. I mean, one of the things my wife said all the time is that she's re recreated the word called love. She made it an acronym. Instead of L-U, instead of L-O-V-E, she created one called L-U-V. And all men and women need it to be listened to, to be understood, and to be validated. Wow. Without those three, you're a dangerous man or woman walking. And these type of programs will, one, listen to you, understand you better, and validate you, and redirect you in a way that you're more educated, you have a lot more knowledge, and now you can walk out differently to the areas that you came from and say, no, 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 I know better. I know much better now, and when you know better, you have to do better, because you're armed with different knowledge now. You've been around different influences. You've seen things that no one showed you before, because folk oftentimes are products of the environment. When you change the environment, you change the growth. You change the mindset. That's where we're going. That's what we're going. Now, <clears throat> being being that we see, you know, the program getting out of getting out of um, prison, right. recidivism. What, what what are some of the first steps that you give? Uh, that what are some of the first steps that your program offers? Like when it comes to helping that man, that man or that woman, when they're coming, getting ready to get out of the prison system. What are some of the first steps and stuff? Well, one of the things we want to do is to try to, to evaluate them to see where they are. Uh, from a clinical perspective. Some folk are so broken uh, that we need to start at different levels. You may not be applicable for this program as of yet, but that's okay. okay. That's why we make sure we brought in the right type of clinical help. I've hired some, some of the best uh, clinicians in the nation. Uh, Dr. Brickhouse heads that up now, and thank God he's on our team. He's one of the best in the nation. Uh, and he is evaluating and ensuring that we have the right type of program that when you come inside of the jail, mental health, man, is... is it is very, very challenging in a jail environment. 
is very, very challenging with respect to what law enforcement goes to doors day by day and, and stop cars day by day. A lot of those things are mental health oriented. Well, it's important that we understand the needs of the people that come into our custody so that we can give them the right type of clinical professional help. But it's also important that our officers understand the needs of people that we encounter out on the streets from a mental health perspective also. How do I help you suffer less, which is what my wife says all the time. Well, you can only do that when you're armed with the right type of knowledge so that your objective is to calm the waters, not to make them worse. These people oftentimes need the right type of help. Well, it's important that we're in a position to identify that, recognize it, and ensure that we get the right help in position so we can get them to the areas that they need immediately. When it comes, most people fear, fear offenders coming out of prison and don't think, um, don't think that, you know, hey, I don't want that criminal in my community. Right. Um, and some people don't think people can be rebuilt. Right. What, how, what, what inspires you to say, let's work with this brother, this sister, to give them a second chance? Oh, man, yet, yet for the grace of God, there go I. Uh, and, and it bothers me oftentimes that people forget that they've made a number of mistakes. Right. And if people knew about some of the mistakes that they've made, or if the right people were in the right position, they wouldn't be in the position they were in. They'd probably be in prison okay. or in jail somewhere. So it's important that we remember grace, man. Okay. Grace and mercy. And if we deal with those type of things, with the right type of knowledge and people in position, we can change a lot of things in our community. Okay. But those type of grace of the type of grace that these people that we're encountering need, somebody gave it to us. Right. And it's called the law of reciprocity. As you give, it should be given back to you. So it's important that we give that consistently because somebody gave it to us. But every now and again, we forget. But that's what humbles me, that regardless of what you see in a suit and tie, the core of where I come from, of who I am, somebody poured into me. I still have mentors that say, huh, uh, 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 uh. There's certain things that you cannot do. There's certain things you need to understand. There's certain things you need to remember along this journey. And one of those things to remember is to make sure that you have graceful people around you to try to help them always and to stay humble. That's interesting. <laughs> that's, that's, that's it, man. You know, it's funny because um, off the record, you know, I remember meeting you when you were first running for sheriff. And right. you were very huge on the law of reciprocity. And it actually made me go home and look like myself in the mirror. Mm. Just on a just on a, a, a off mentor right, note, right. you know, the law of reciprocity is like I've heard you say that a couple of times, mm -hmm. you know, but mm -hmm. it stuck with me the first time that you said it. Why is that a value system? To, why is that such a value system on your on your totem pole when you're dealing with people and just the community in general? You know, I remember when my mother was a single parent and was trying to raise four children. Um, and I remember her maybe making eight to $9,000 a year. And this was in the hood, man. I mean, it's on the west side. We went through struggles and challenges. And I remember her crying and screaming at night while we tried to sleep, but she could not. I remember having pillows over my head trying to drown out the sound. I, I remember those type of things. I remember my, my father uh, would only come to the house just to beat my mother. I remember when he would say out loud that his goal is to knock all of her teeth out. I remember that. I also remember that when we had no food, consistently, somebody gave it to us. Somebody reached out and said, no, you know what, we got some groceries, we got some extra stuff. I'm gonna make sure your children have 
the right things on their back. I'm going to make sure your children have something that people don't talk about them in school. We went through all of that, man. Right, right. We went through all of that. So when you get in these type of positions that once I strengthen you, this is biblical, once I strengthen you, then go back and strengthen your brother. Right. So that, that supports the holistic approach of as you give, it shall be given back to you. But what's interesting with me, I don't think about it like that. Okay. I think about it as a need. I don't give with wanting something in return. I give because it's a need. And I think that is the reason why we have to be very careful about the people that are in certain positions, not only in our county, but in this nation, uh, because this is a, <laughs> it's a nation that we live in. We're no longer united. Wow. And we unite when we understand that our fellow man and woman are in need, go help them. Go help them, man. Because today them, tomorrow you. And it's important that we understand that we never, ever forget that. Give back, man. Give back. Help somebody. Because you never know who uh, is interesting. Our principal said something that blew my mind. He stays about four doors up from us, which is interesting. Our principal, he's about 84 years old now in high school. My wife and I met in high school. And he said that when he was extremely ill about to die, they said we have to have emergency surgery. And when he went into surgery, he looked up and saw a former student of his and said, Dr. Hill, you remember all the stuff you told me? And I was a troubled child. And he said, he started to cry. He said, I, I got you in the best hand. You can't die. And that, that, and that. <laughs> oh, man. Because he gave it back to this man, man. He gave it back to him. Now that guy's a doctor doing surgery on him. Love reciprocity, brother. Love reciprocity. Wow. Wow. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Wow. That's what that yeah. real life, man. Yeah, yeah. Real life yeah. principles. Yeah, real life. Real life value systems. Yeah. And I think that's what we need. And in 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 I mean, me myself, I'm I'm an ex offender. You know, I've been up. down that road. Okay. You know. Um I remember getting locked up right here on two eighteen. Mm. Um Henry County, two pounds of marijuana in the okay. car. You okay. know what I mean? Yeah. And just Judge Amero. I could have been gone up the road, right? You know, right. Judge Merrill, but Judge Merrill had grace and mercy, and he said, "You know what? I'm gonna give you five years probation." You know, anywhere else, you would right. you'd have been up the road, right? 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 So that 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 somewhere somewhere for somebody to see a light in people who are stuck in that darkness, who can be a light for people stuck in that darkness, that means a lot to people because if you look at my record going back. From 2001 to 2005, I'm not the same person, <laughs> you right, know? Right. But I didn't know God was going to give me the charge of what he gave me today. Right. You know what I'm saying? That purpose right. for living. That purpose for living. When it comes down to purpose for living, what do you see? What do you see inside this recidivism? And, and a lot of people don't. Some people don't even know what recidivism is. Mm. So when you see these guys out of this jail and they're going into their... Mm. Most people say, I don't like how this person look. I don't like how they dress. I don't like, you know, how they talk. Um, is there any type of programs in place, like, for character development or, or, you know, I know it's educational programs, right. but how to, like you said, how to talk, how to be a man, how to, how to, how to dress yourself, how, right. to, how to go fill out that job application, how to go create your own business. What right. type of plans are in place? For, for these offenders when they come out to learn that part? Because I know we could tell them to go get it and right. these are the steps. But right. what, what type of plans are there? 
and that's why we're partnering with people that have the, that to create the holistic plan. Okay. Um, after nine months, man, one of the things we want to do is to have a huge ball for these children okay. that we bring together everybody. It's going to be at the bank, which is a gathering spot that's okay. in Atlanta, okay. and uh, have an opportunity for them to put on a suit, to wow. put on a jacket, for young ladies to put on a dress, and to have people that know how etiquette should be done to be in the room, help them get dressed, help them tie a tie. A lot of children don't know anything about tying a tie. Right. Well, I can't afford that, sir. We don't have a tie. We want to buy ties for them. We're going to buy little jackets for them. We'll make sure that they look a certain way. You know when you sit down at the table that you know, hey, this is on the, on the left and this is on the right, how you should act in a certain setting. Those are the type of things that we're partnering with and the people that we're partnering with and the foundations we're partnering with mm -hmm. that we can teach those things from a holistic perspective along these nine month, uh, this nine-month journey. Okay. It's important, man. It's important to be able to know uh, the environment that you walk in okay. and know how to adjust with it. Uh, I can talk buckhead or bankhead. <laughs> I, can, I can go either way uh, because it's important that when you're in those areas, they can relate to you. No relationship, no trust. Right. So it's important that they can relate to you. And, uh, and I try to speak different languages, but still from a positive perspective, um, it's, an, it's interesting that other countries teach four or five different languages. And one of the basic languages they have to learn is English. Why don't we do the same? Right. And what that does is make them more marketable when they sit at the table of success and they can talk various different languages and they understand where you're coming from and they understand what your need is because they understand what your need is relative to your skill set, English, maybe Spanish, maybe um, uh, it may be anything, but you have to make sure that you're on a whole different level with understanding it, brother. You have to be able to do that. Right, right, right. But we're certainly going to teach that. Man, that's awesome. That's awesome. Um, get, getting back to... Getting back to now, now you talking about partnering with Morehouse, yeah. And I, I saw that on the news, um, the partnership with Morehouse. Give us a little bit of more. What is the what's the partnership with Morehouse? What is that like, and why? How does it bring value to our community? Uh, it's tremendous, man. And dealing with the, the dean and the president and some of the other doctors that are there, that ironically have gone through some of the same struggles we've gone through. Wow. Uh, and they were trying to develop, and this is what's challenging to me. They they have been trying to develop for quite some time some of the same things we're doing. We got people in 19 different areas doing 19 different things versus coming together. And when they reached out to a lot of jails, they reached out to a lot of areas, folks were like, no, we're not doing that. Right. We're not trying to help them be you know, smarter than what they are, but they were trying to create that. And they found out that I had the same idea. Um, they reached out and said, listen, can we have a conversation? Absolutely, we can have a conversation. And so they wanted to pour into these people the same type of ways, but they wanted to certify them. Imagine having... It's, it's one of the most heartwarming things you've seen in your life. We've already had three graduating classes. Oh, wow. And we make sure that we've done them with a cap and gown. And when they turn around their certificate, imagine that saying Morehouse on it. Imagine that saying Southern Crescent on it. Imagine some of the tears we've seen in the room, man, the people. And we invite their families to come back, even the naysayers and their families, okay. to see that, hey, with the right type of support, look what they did. Right. Look what they did. And I wish you see when they look out in the audience, man, and say, you know, Mama, I told you so. That's all I needed was some help. Those type of things were happening in the graduation. So you're seeing dynamics change also in the family dynamic with respect to these opportunities being given. But Morehouse and Southern Crescent, those type of things were needed to put the, the icing on the cake, so to speak, the certifications that were needed so that when they go into certain spots, they can say, hey, I'm certified in this right here. That's what got the judges on board. And the judges were saying, hey, this is some programs I think that we can work with in terms of we might even send some of our people to come to this program, which is fine. That's exactly what we want to happen. That's one of the many objectives of the program. 
Man, you you definitely live by that motto: find a way to make one. That is. That, that's that's where I grew up. Bro. <laughs> My CAU brother. Yeah, there, there you go. That's what's up, bro. <laughs> you definitely live by that motto: find yeah, a man. way to make one. Yes, sir. How did that shape your vision for where you are today? In terms of the the that background, motto, find a way to make one. <clears throat> what did that mean? How did that shape your vision? Well, life is hard, man. Uh, as as uh, some of the children we talked to already, they said this statement I thought was interesting. They said, life be life <laughs> <laughs> I said, man, that's interesting. And life is hard, man. Yeah. It's hard. It, it is very challenging. And uh, along that way, you find yourself as a survival or in a survival mode. You got to be careful with that, man, because you can do crazy things trying to survive. And so... In trying to find a way, it's important that you try to find the right way. So when you don't have the right voices, then you always have these folks screaming in the dark. Gangs, wrong influences, folk that's trying to get you to do what they do, folk that's trying to get you to commit crimes. If they show they care about you, then they have loyalty. You don't want that. That's dangerous, brother. So where are we, the folk that are on the right side of the aisle? What, what are we screaming? In the light, not in the darkness, but in the light. Wow. Say, no, yeah, come over here, man. Let's show you how to really... As they say, go get the bag. Let's show them how to do that the right way. That nobody's knocking on your door. You don't have to see me knocking on your door saying, oh, wait a minute, you did it the wrong way. Then you got to come see me. Those type of things we want them to do the right way, to find a way or to make a way up under the right umbrella. Man, that's awesome. That's awesome. Sheriff, I just want to thank you for taking out the time for sharing this information and enlightening us and updating us up on the recidivism program. Mm the mentoring program and some of the things you're doing to continue to change the game. I remember covering the story in the magazine. Yeah, <laughs> the first yeah. time when you even got in and your vision was cast in, man. Yeah. Man, anything you would like to say to the people of not just Henry County, South Atlanta, um, and moving this vision forward, what 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 can we what can we see coming forward with Sheriff Scandrick? Hey, we're still doing what we talked about day one, man. I still wear this every day. It's a band that we did from day one that we talked about during the campaign. Changing the narrative. And changing the narrative is going to be difficult. Change is difficult, man. Change, oftentimes people fight against it. They just don't like it. And that's not what we do here in Henry County. And why are you doing those type of things? It's different. It's different. I understand that. But it's needed. Folk didn't need, know we needed a, uh, <laughs> a horse and buggy until they saw one. They didn't know that cars run a little bit better until they got one. They didn't know that disc was better than eight tracks until they got one. You know, and so things are going to consistently progress to go to the next level. The objective is, or the answer should be, or the question should be, will you go along with it or will you be left behind? I heard something today I thought that was very interesting, and it just blew my mind, that two dinosaurs could never produce a gazelle. And it blew my mind. And dinosaurs represent the old way of doing things. The gazelle represents running, moving toward the next level of excellence or the next level of technology or the next level of skill set. Two dinosaurs can never, ever produce a gazelle. I don't think there's nothing else to be said after that. <laughs> 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 um, hey, we just want to take you, thank you for taking the time out. Humble, man. Sharing your story Humble. again with us. You guys can look forward to this in the um, spring edition of Game Changers Magazine featuring Judge Hollyville. Um, thank you for your time. Humble, sir. Thank you, man. For what you do, brother. Awesome. Game Changers.
<laughs> Changing the game. 